What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coffee Shop Football. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Kevin Phillip Fox, on our New Year's episode, caffeinating into the new year. How's it going, Kevin? How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic, man. Uh, any day that I get to talk football, be it New Year's, be it middle of the offseason, you know, playoff swing right now, fantasy championships are happening. They're not around the corner anymore. They're happening. Uh, all this extra fun stuff is just... Uh, fuel to the fire of my love for talking football but you know any day we get to talk football is a good day how about you zach how are you i'm good man i'm coming back from a a christmas vacation trip where unfortunately i flew southwest which means i <laughs> didn't really fly um but other than that, solid yeah absolutely all true uh but i'm i'm great man coming off of a good vacation ready to be home and uh ready to talk some football with you Want to get the elephant out of the room first and talk about how many championships we're in a piece? Oh, I would be more than happy to do that. Um, I'm in a third place game and I'm in a dynasty championship matchup in actually the league that we've been talking about so much on this podcast, uh, the league that I commission for. Uh, it's my first ever dynasty finals game, so I'm very, very excited. Um, had some unbelievably difficult roster decisions to make and I'm going to be tilting off this planet probably until uh 9:59 Pacific time tomorrow and those lineups are locked and I'm just I'm just going to wait it out in my bunker, you know. Uh what it. about you? First, talk look, talk to me about your your situation. Not so hot, man. Not so hot. I uh am 0 for 4 this year in terms of title games. So Tough. not so slick. I I didn't really make a playoffs in a ton, to be honest with you. I got booted in my redraft team. And then I'm in three dynasties, not a single one in the playoff, not in the, not in the playoffs, not a single one in the championship. The one that I was heavy favorited for, I took a nice first round exit upset. And then, uh, but my girlfriend is in the final. So there's hope from the household. That's important. That's important. So I'm playing for other people and some prop bettings this year. So. There we, we go. Will, uh, still some hope. It's so right. It's it's so important to find the things that keep you tuning in. Um, that's some advice that uh, the fantasy footballers have bestowed upon me through the years. You have to stay engaged, even if you're out, as much as you can. Keep your finger on the pulse of everything because it's going to give you a head start into next year, and it will also just lift your spirits. You know. I, I will say I regret one thing is that going into the year we decided we moved back our dynasty trade deadline to week. It was like week 14 or something, mm-hmm. like right before the playoffs, because it, it was earlier than that, I think, before. Mm-hmm. And we moved it black, back, and I I regret keeping it. I wish we would have just got rid of it altogether and just gone no trade deadline because I find myself these last two weeks with like players on my roster that I'm like, I could send this guy out for like a third round pick right now. Literally. And I wish I could, you know. I, I, I think uh, I would have rather kept it like, people in the playoffs can't trade and then people out of the playoffs have free trade. That way you can make the moves you want to make when you want to make them instead of like just sitting twiddling your thumbs for the next. That sounds, that sounds really good. And I'm facing a similar issue, except I'm, I'm in the finals and I'm looking at difficult decisions on my roster when I'm picking up, like, for example, my start of the week on the legit football podcast was the New York giants defense. And I was able to get them on a waiver claim, but I, I'm one of those meticulous dynasty managers where every single bench spot counts so much. And I literally, you're going to judge me. I don't even really want to say it, but I'm, I'm just going to say it. 
thanks to you, I didn't cut Sky Moore. I still love Sky Moore. Good, but I had to as you I, should. I had to cut bait with Nico Collins to grab that uh to grab that Giants defense. And I think I could have got a third or fourth round pick for him. You probably should have. I mean, but he's been hurt. So again, it's like you might just sit there. But there's a is the type of moves like I don't care. You're in in the finals, whatever. It's, it's win now. Move. It's it's make or break. I'm not playing Buffalo's defense against Cincinnati, so it is what it is. Uh I had to pull trigger. But like I'm sitting here out of the playoffs, like fifth overall pick for the rookie draft, and I'm trying to make moves and I can't. I'm like, I just gotta wait for these playoffs to be over so I can start trading again. Yeah, you gotta start silly. Yeah, you gotta start the league year like immediately. Like the championship ends, like Monday night football. <laughs> Monday night football concludes. You know who wins, and you boom, you open up the new league year. You got you got three deals already agreed to in principle in during the tampering window. Ugh, yeah, no, I I'm, I'm a trade fiend too, so I probably I do need it. to take a couple weeks off, but yeah. I don't want to. I want to just get right back into it. And people are like, I'm in one league. People are already sending me offers with they're like, all right, when That's the shit so is fun. over, can you can we make this trade? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Let's hold off before we see what happens <laughs> the next two weeks. But I love it. Well, let's walk in. We've already dabbled a little bit into some dynasty talk, but yeah. let's stream into our our last first sip of 2022. Dude, um, that's so crazy. You're right. I'll see you I next know, year. Right? I'll see you next see you next year. That's a joke of all time. <laughs> the worst joke of all time. <laughs> but we'll go in. We've got a, another question from Baby John here. Um, uh, regarding what are we doing around the, the tight end position in family, if anything, and kind of a two-parter here. Are are there even 12 draftable tight ends? And I mean that's gonna be in a redraft because obviously Dynasty are rocking. Yeah, tight ends but are there even 12 draftable tight ends so here's what i'm thinking um my leagues so far have not done anything to counter the grossness of the tight end position um we are currently just rocking with our two catches for 13 yards a week and hope to have a boom game unless you have travis kelsey and then you're set and before the season it was unless you had travis kelsey or mark andrews and mark andrews has been okay as now it's the Travis Kelsey or the goat Evan Ingram. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shmevin Schmingram, as they call him on the ballers. Yeah, I I personally haven't gotten on the revolutionary wave just yet of the uh, of the tight end correction, if you will. Um I'm I'm interested in hearing if you have anything to say about that or if any of your leagues are are doing any revolutionary tight end strategies. I wouldn't say anything revolutionary. I think in Dynasty, I'm a big protagonist of tight end premium, adding that, whatever it is, if you're in half point or full point, adding an extra half point per catch because it oh. kind of helps mitigate it and doesn't really... Like like Travis Kelsey's still blowing up teams and then he's yeah. even crazier on tight end premium. Yeah. But it's not like insane. And mm-hmm. then for the other guys, it really helps you be able to like throw in another flex, especially in like deeper leagues, having these tight ends way out. I'm I'm a big fan of it because I feel like it makes the position a little more valuable. Yeah. Like you have those 20, 30 point games from tight ends that you normally don't have unless it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And I'm I'm like trying to look right now too at like I like that idea. With it. It's yeah. it's been a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. And it's not like a score crazy. Like even when you're going like like a nine for a hundred yards in a touchdown game is twenty six points for a tight end. So it's like yeah that's a great game for a tight end so it doesn't but i I do see that like not doing it in redraft is because it would kind of muddle some things around yeah but 
I do like it in Dynasty because then you can be like, all right, this guy's always going to get his catches. Like, he's worth something to me rather than just being like, ah, whatever. Like, if I don't it, have a top tight end, I'm out. It incentivizes you to invest more in the position. Um, right. I've been thinking um, – I like the the uh, 1.25x for tight end points. So – or yeah. 1.5x for tight end points. And 1.5 might be a little heavy, but um, – mm. I mean, if you get a four-point game, it turns into a six-point game. If you get a, right. you know, a twelve-point game, it turns into a eighteen-point game. Like that's maybe a little jacked up. It'll be interesting to see. And and I'm I'm keeping my ear to the ground for all the strategies. I will say, to the second part of the question, I actually no. think this is one of the. <laughs> I Absolutely actually think not. this is one of those weird times, where like, I don't know. I'm call me crazy, but I'm. I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going to call my shot here. I think I'm starting to see the pendulum swing a little bit because there's not going to be 12 Travis Kelsey's or, or George Kittles or Mark Andrews. There's going to be that handful. There's going to be that four to six, maybe six to eight guys, but I'm starting to see like Dawson Knox's usage has been up a lot lately. Hayden Hurst has been playing pretty well. Ingram, like you said, is, is great. So maybe just maybe if these young quarterbacks who are getting their, getting it together before our eyes, maybe we start to see a couple more names emerge from the rubble. I don't mind that, but the key word to that one to me is draftable. And I'm not, I wasn't drafting Evan Ingram or Hayden Hurst in a redraft league. Like they went undrafted for the most part, maybe like last round flyer, but I count that like similar. I get what you're saying, but don't you think they play their way into draftability at some point? So rarely like Hayden Hurst, you're not going to draft Hayden Hurst next Eighth year. Eighth or ninth round pick, tenth round pick. He's really only valuable a lot of times the weeks that Chase was gone. So, like, yes, you got some value out of there. And then with uh, Dawson Knox, like, sure, you you can get a touchdown from him. But you also had, like, a six-week stretch where he did absolutely nothing. He, like, was, I'm not- he was useless, yeah, he, uh, for fantasy purposes for six weeks. Yeah, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I, I, it's definitely some, something to monitor. And I'm very eager to see because, you know, the drumbeat gets louder as the offseason goes on and we have more time to sure. process the numbers. I think there's going to be – I think 12 names is is for literally as low of a bar as it could be because usually that's how many teams there are. I right. think it's I think it's achievable. I just think it's going to be like this, the kind of situation where I think there's going to be more that are in the middle tier this coming year than there mm-hmm. are in that gross I'll take you in the 11th round and – stream the position if i have to because i think the i think the part of it for me is like yes there may be 12 draftable but there's someone else i'd rather take at the end of the round like if i'm in the 11th round i'd rather take like a flyer running back a flyer wide receiver rather than be like oh hunter henry might get me four touchdowns this year again yeah yeah like you're right because i know i'm going to be able to pick him up halfway through the year anyway or stream the tie if you're if you're not taking one of those big and I, I hate drafting those middle round tight ends. Like right Dude, where we were bad. sitting at like it's Zach hard. Ertz this year, or even like yeah. Hawkinson had his giant games. But other than that, like you're throwing like a fifth round pick or sixth round pick on these guys where instead you have like all of these good talent in the draft of like but wide you, receivers and running backs. But you hear, you're hearing all these names, right? Like I think there have been 12 names said today and I would take any of those in the 11th round next year. Like I would, you know, there. I think- yeah. I think for for argument's sake, let's just say Kelsey, Andrews, Joku, 
Knox. I have it pulled up here, actually. Yeah, go ahead your... and go ahead and because I, I I'm thinking that there's 12. So this is draft rankings. So just based off of ECR, you have Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, Schultz. I think Goddard. Pitts and Waller, you could probably say have been a huge disappointment. So maybe I want to hear more names before them. Sure, but but they're going to get drafted early. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Pitts you're, is still going to get. So like this is based off of like where they're going to get. You're drafted. so right. Yeah, you're so. You've right. got Goddard, and then Hawkinson. Knox comes in at nine. Ertz at ten, which I doubt he gets drafted off the injury. Yeah. And then Komet and Fryermuth. So, and then, so did you, did you say Njoku? He's actually at fourteen. So it goes Hunter Henry and Joku. Or I think he'll jump up a lot. I was gonna say, season. yeah, Joku's definitely gonna be a name to, to monitor. For but, me, like I actually prefer Njoku over to almost everybody in that middle tier. Like I prefer Njoku to Hawkinson, Goddard, Schultz, probably next year too. Like yeah. he's probably like four or five for me, like right above Waller, maybe. Yeah. Just it's a, I think he's so good. It's a fascinating situation, and I'm really glad that we teased it out that extensively because it's something that people need to start thinking about now. This is where you can get ahead in next year's preparation for fantasy football and, and your drafts. Start mm-hmm. thinking now about the grossness of that position and start, you know, getting ready to have to stomach some names that you're not not jazzed about. And and uh, we're going to be with you every step of the way. Everybody wants that late round tight end that blows up the Mark Andrews, the Darren Waller before their Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. And exactly. there usually is that guy. But this year, there there just wasn't that guy for like the first time in in so long. Like, I mean, yes, Njoku was a late round tight end. He had a lot of great games, but he was out a lot of times. So yeah. mediocre. Like, he wasn't crazy. Com- Ingram Com- might be the best one out of all the late round guys. Well, he's coming in now, absolutely. And yeah. he looks like he's a beast. But like, are, do you think he's going to get drafted in the fourth round then next no. year? Because I don't see that happening. Not a chance. But out of all but those names it, from this year, that that's the one that maybe the him and Njoku are the are the best of the of the late round flyers. Yeah, he's having a career year too. So in his first year in Jacksonville, Ridley yeah. could change that around a little bit. But good point. We've we've actually had a lot of discourse you and I about the Jacksonville uh, passing attack in the future because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Kirk and Dynasty, and you're a little bit less of a fan of Kirk and Dynasty. A little less bullish on him than I mean I like him I still think he's a great wide receiver I just think they'll bring in other people. Yeah, you have to. Have right you you really have to take your 2022 um, New Year's Eve themed glasses off when it comes to Christian Kirk because Calvin Ridley is going to be coming in. And, and I don't think they just leave Zay Jones as the wide receiver two and Marvin Jones as the wide receiver three. They they got to have they'll bring in somebody. The deck's going to reshuffle. I think Zay Jones is going to keep a role though him and trevor lawrence have some legit yeah rapport. i think i think he'll keep a role but i don't think he's the player that we've seen the last couple of weeks where he's no gonna get, no i completely agree. they don't want him getting 10 plus targets every game yeah that's not ideal for them how would you feel about moving on to one of my favorite segments on the show grounds in don't our feel great about it. <laughs> I don't, personally don't feel good about it, but we I, can. You know, I just realized we skipped the part of the show where we detailed our, our caffeine experience. I'm drinking a venti peppermint chocolate cold foam cold brew from Starbucks. I went basic today. It's New Year's Eve, you know. I'm mm-hmm. on brand. How about you? Um, I made a, a quick pour over of some some half-calf coffee, actually. Ooh. Uh, I don't know why, because I'm staying up 
to midnight. So I should have just gone full calf, but I was like, Oh, it's the afternoon and my brain is not working and I'm still on <laughs> East coast time. So like I made of the all the days <laughs> of all the days. That's why I got a venti. Usually I go grande in the morning. And then I, if I want another one, I go tall later, but I went venti because it's new year's. I I'm I'll, I'll drink black coffee too, but it's not my preferred. I prefer a little bit of milk to like bite the acidity because exactly. I don't like heavy acid. Yeah. But we have not gone grocery shopping since we left. So there's <laughs> nothing like we're, we're bare boning it. Like we don't have milk. We don't have cream, nothing. I'm making a nice pasta sauce and that's, that's all we had left. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love the the holiday. Just like we're scrapping it together. You know, mm. it's like, it's just like the NFL. It's, it's week 17 for us. We're, mm-hmm. we're fielding a roster somehow, some way. Um, I want to say I'm going to be closing at the steakhouse tonight. I want to give a shout out to anybody from the steakhouse who is listening. I have a lot of uh, regulars and, and guests that have uh, we, we've had a great rapport about football. And they were like, I told them I was I was a podcaster and they were like, hey, give me the link. And so we, we, we very likely have some some listeners from the steakhouse. So shout yeah, out to you, to the, the Burbank people, the Valley people. Shout out to the Valley. Shout out to everybody who's uh, who's been listening from from the from the show. I hope you uh, enjoyed your steak. <laughs> well, painfully, I'm happy to move on. Uh, and I'll go ahead and start off because I, I didn't hit either of these two again, bold predictions. So I don't feel too bad. And I disagree with you on one of these partially. That's fair. My bold prediction last week that no one was going to want to watch Christmas football. I believe everybody still did. Um, and the Packers game was a great game. Yeah. And I think it was teeing up to be a great game. Um, I don't remember the Cardinals Buccaneers game. Like if you gun to my head, ask me to talk about that game. I can't, I, th- I'm, I think I watched it in the background. I think it was on. I, I just, I can't remember anything that happened because it, it looked so bad. It was and bad. Then, to top it off was one of the most disgusting games of the year that Rams just trouncing the Broncos. That game hurt my eyeballs in a way that they will never be unhurt. Like I will never unsee what I saw. Um, yeah, I'm. I've told you several times. I I love gambling, so I had some parlays. Um, mm. I also love being. I love a good lazy holiday. That's actually peak holiday to me. Is like a holiday right. where I don't have to leave my house, and I don't have to clean, and I don't have to think about any chores or anything. The food is already prepared. It's mostly leftovers, and and I'm just. I'm locked in to watch football. Like tomorrow is my new year's day, lazy holiday. I'm also going to be just as lazy tomorrow. Um, And so that was, that was the beauty for football for me. Um, So that's the grounds in Zach's cup that along with the fact that he predicted a Stefan Diggs breakout game, game, man. And he, he really though just soured his drafters too. him and Adams have like some, the best seasons of their careers together. Literally. Yep, and then the three weeks of fantasy football playoffs had three of their three of the worst games of the season. Like that's, I mean, there's there has to be so many people that were carried to the playoffs just to lose off those three guys. I scrapped and clawed in the fourteen team double flex redraft that I'm in, and if I would have gotten like nine more points from Diggs, if I would have gotten an average game from Diggs, I would have made it to the finals. Um, that's okay, you know, because I also have Diggs in uh, Dynasty, which I did make it. I survived his horrible game. Um, and you should, you should write the ship this week. I, it, like, you know, if you made that prediction that you made for that game, for this game, I wouldn't fault you. Um, 
I also don't fault you for stick from sticking away for from Diggs for for this week. Uh, no, for I'm, me, I'm back in. I'm fully. He's a he's oh, yeah, a guy that too. I'm every week in. He's Diggs. He's he's one of those elite three wide receivers that you play no matter what. Um, for me, the ground's in my cup. So I predicted last week that the Lions would fortify their position in the NFC. Yes. Um, that was disappointing. That that was that kind of broke my heart a little bit because I have a lot of friends who are Lions fans, and it was just. Yeah again, painful to watch, like seeing what they've done all year, seeing them just collapse to a Carolina team, like who's kind of just also disgusting. It was, ugh. it was really sad. And uh, Kansas city, uh, they really, really handled their business. They, they, they did what you called them. What to I do. wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, that out. was your weekly special was, was seeing Kansas city destroy a team they should destroy. And they mm-hmm. did. And um, I was hoping for a little bit more of a, of a scare. But that's okay. I want to give myself a shout out. I think this is the silver lining, the scoop of of um, grounds that I'm getting from. I see the grounds and I can scoop them out of the cup in advance before I take the sip. Did call Houston beating Tennessee. This is um, a great call. That felt good. I mean, uh, Houston. We we you're the resident Houston truther who would who used the term kind of good to describe. I, I don't like being backed into a resident Houston truther off of one tweet, but you're I back into get it. a little bit. You're all I, the way back into it. I'm like a low key. I'm not even going to call it a weekly special or a Bodoros. I'm scared they're going to jets themselves this year, where they accidentally win this week against yeah. Jacksonville and lose the first pick of the draft. That would and, be bad. Which is one of the things I was talking about with my girlfriend is one of the the biggest storylines in the NFL history now is the Jets beating the Rams for one week to lose Trevor Lawrence and get Zach Wilson, which at the time was like, Oh, whatever. We still have Zach Wilson. And now we're like, Oh God, <laughs> like Trevor Lawrence you... on that offense would be, it would be a nightmare. The Jets would... would be contenders this year. Easily. Easily. I'm so thankful that they did that. I, I love watching the AFC East throw up on themselves. It makes me so happy. Other than the bills, obviously, but it makes and me they... so happy to see AFC East. If Houston sneaks out a win this week which they're probably going to try to do against a team that like Jacksonville doesn't need to win this game. That's just scary. I don't know how close the the race is for the number one overall pick, but I've heard somewhere that it's pretty close to sewn up. It is very close to sewn up. They have to lose this week. Okay. Then, then that's, then you know what? Trot out a uh, Jeff Driscoll at QB and, and call it a day. That, that, that's how you do it. That's how you lock it up. I think, uh, yeah, here's, you know, here's the projected draft order right here. Texans are the number one, but the Bears could sneak their way in right now because the Bears are three and 12. The Texans are two, 12 and one. So if the Bears lose this week and the Texans win, the Bears will have the number one overall pick. Oh my God. Imagine giving Justin Fields, imagine giving Justin Fields the number one overall pick. Ah, terrifying. I mean, that maybe be the best case scenario for the Texans because then they're still going to get their quarterback because the bears, unless someone trades, that's true, which which is probably what would then happen. If the bears get the number of one overall pick, they'd be start to just shop that pick out to the highest bidder. Cause they don't. Yeah. That, that class is a a load. There's so many teams that are in like the mid teens, like the Falcons, the Raiders, the like Panthers that could all be perfectly willing to trade up to get the number one overall pick. And they could get a haul for that. Yeah. That's going to be really fun to watch. Um, 
I think it might be time, Zach, for our weekly special. How do you feel about that? I'd love to. Let's roll it out. You want to start off? Yeah. So my weekly special, um, I want to quote one of my all-time favorite uh, artists of the early 2000s. Um, Can I make it any more obvious? I am watching for Joe Burrow and Josh Allen for the first time in NFL history. I am watching the highest combined win total on a Monday night football game in NFL history. I am watching the alien that is Josh Allen and the surgeon that is Joe Burrow and the two elite defenses and the two underrated running games going head to head in a full collision course, tilt, crash, bang, boom, Monday night football, Bills, Bengals. Um, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I have a a quiet confidence about me this week when it comes to the Bills. Um, I don't know about you. I'd actually love your thoughts on that. I I think it'll be too tight. Um, I do do think that game hits the under. I don't Mm. think it's a a lot of fireworks going on. I think um, two teams that have really never played each other and tend not to tend to hit the under a little bit. Yeah, um, a lot of feeling each other out. So I think that'll be kind of like a nitty gritty, like twenty one seventeen type game where it's like not high power, just two defenses going at it. Yeah, and I think it'll be good to watch. But I, I think either team can win that game. The Bengals are, are rolling. They're great. No, and that's the thing is that I don't want to take anything away from the Bengals. Uh, I absolutely love the Bengals. I love their fan base. I love what they've done. Um. I just don't really see a world where this Bills team loses again for the rest of the season. Like they, they are so locked in seven wins in a row. They they're undefeated when Jordan Poyer plays. And that's just such a fun underrated stat. Like I want him to get a contract so bad. Like I will literally give him all my tips from the steakhouse for the rest of, of 2022 to, to sign, to sign right now. Luckily for you, safeties don't cost anything anymore. So that's true. You, you might actually have a chance at that. That's true. I think there's going to be some market resetters this offseason. It's going to be really fun to watch. Um, but anyways. I like your, I like your second one because it's actually one of my bold predictions. So yeah. I'm happy to go into that. I threw a second weekly special uh, because as the resident Homer Bills fan, I'm always going to look for an excuse to talk about the Bills. And I couldn't pretend like there was anything more more exciting or more that I had my eyes on than that game. Um, one seat on the line. It, it doesn't get bigger. My second um, weekly special this week is going to be what I'm dubbing the Vomit Bowl, mm. which is Bucks panthers As horrible and disgusting of a game as it will be, it will be fascinating to see either team come out on top given – the adversity that they've had to face this year and the nightmarish pace of play that, that especially oh, the Bucks. Man. Oh my God. If I have to watch Chris Godwin catch a pass behind the line of scrimmage one more time and get tackled after a three yard game. Oh, 18 screens in a row. It's so pukey and gross, but it's also, it's like a train wreck. Like I'm going to watch it. Got I'm going to watch that I mean, game. It's Brady. It's Brady. We got to take what we can get while, while we have the goat. Um, but yeah, that's my other weekly special. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens in that game. I'm not gonna. I don't feel strongly enough to make a prediction on that. I'm gonna leave that one to. Yeah, to I, I will be. Yeah, I'll sneak ahead. I'll make that one. <laughs> um, yeah, my weekly special. I think the uh, 
I'm watching the the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to continue to struggle versus Washington. I think Washington will, again, what it's going to be, got to be a gross game, two of the slowest paced teams. But the the Browns have really been struggling, not just in the passing game, but like they had their their like vaunted ground game hasn't been the same. They have some offensive line issues right now with injuries, but everybody does at this point. So I I think I want to see if they struggle again versus Washington because they have I think more questions to be answered this offseason than people thought they would now. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I think Washington can give them a run for their money should win that game. So that that'll be what I'm looking for. I like the call. I, I think I'm in agreement there. I think Cleveland, you know, they, yeah, what a disappointing uh, season for them. I thought Brissett might be able to put them in a position where if Watson came in and set the world on fire, they could still go. Even if Watson did do that, I don't think they would have had much of a chance. I mean, the AFC is the, the low to middle class of the AFC is a little tighter and thicker than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of, I would say borderline bloated with all those teams. Um, so yeah, I, I like the call. I definitely think I'm going to take, uh, I definitely think I would take the commanders to, to. Yeah. I mean, they are betting favorites as well. It, like Washington's a pretty heavy favorite. It's just, I just don't think they even are just connecting at all. Yeah. So, and I haven't watched a ton of them and I would like to see kind of what the dysfunction is in Cleveland other than yeah. Sean Watson. So that's my storyline on there. But let's. I want to get to the fun part. I want to get let's to. We're heading into the new year. We need one last bold roast predictions. And need uh, it. I'm going to head off here. I'm going to head off on this one because I don't like yours. So <laughs> I want to go ahead and start out. Um, and you know what? Mine aren't, aren't even. Mine are pretty lukewarm. I think honestly, but medium roast. Th- I'm pretty confident in some of them. So yeah. I think I think Travis Etienne scores his first touchdown in the last seven weeks this week against Houston. Even though the Jaguars are not playing for much, I do think they will come out and try and win this game. I don't think they have the reputation built up that other playoff teams have that they're willing to just take a couple weeks off and kind of coast. I think they're going to keep grinding it out. And he has been pretty bismal the last couple weeks for owners. So I think we'll see a a touchdown from Travis Etienne, um, which is... A medium roast prediction but then my second one i feel not as confident in so a little more bold roast because they are definitely not favorites but go. i think the the panthers keep rolling and knock off the buccaneers which would also bring them close to a playoff berth if they win the next two weeks out and the buccaneers unreal. lose the next week unreal and i would like to see them keep rolling Against the Bucks, they handled the Lions last week, and I they think did. they can. Darnold's playing okay football. I don't think we're seeing a Darnold resurgence like everybody's talking about, but I think he's fine. And yeah, I was going to ask I you think... about that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm hesitant to buy in, but I'm also happy because I think the league is better when there's more great players. I think, I think Darnold, I think the great ship might have sailed, but I think Darnold could be a good NFL quarterback. I. I think he was ruined by two horrible teams. I think that's hard yeah. to come back from, from like a mental standpoint. Yeah. Spending that long on the Jets with Adam Gase just yeah. can't. I'm not sure you can come back from that. And I think he's playing the same football that they let like safe backups play. Like Steve Wilkes is running an offense that's like easy. Mm-hmm. Like it'll get figured out at some point. And I think he deserves a shot at that head coaching job. He's, he's really too. put them back on the map. Me too. I'm a big fan. 
But I don't think it's from Darnold, and I don't think they will bat their eyes at drafting a quarterback to replace him. Yeah. So, so I think they can beat the Bucks. I like it. I like it. I, I think I think it's spicy that you went and went ahead and said beat and not just cover. I, I respect that. That makes it a no, bold roast to me. Flat out beat, and they are four point dogs. Yeah, I had and a feeling that they would be. They've only beat the Buccaneers once in the last three seasons out hey, of six matchups. If so, any Buccaneers team is beatable, it's this one. This Buccaneers team is, oof, they are that, and not only are they beatable, but they're also boring. Oh my goodness. All those primetime so games for them. Like they probably thought, oh yeah, we got Brady and his comeback tour and his unretirement tour. He's going to stick it to Shefty for spoiling the retirement. And this man was, oh my goodness, this man. Is All so the Rams, Broncos, Buccaneers, primetime games we got this season really Colts. ruined it. Just oh so God. gross. Just gross. so gross. Um, I like it. I like your bold roast predictions. Um, my bold roast predictions are, one, I am predicting a last gasp whimper of a finish for Miami's season. And normally, if I were saying that, I would say it with a smile from ear to ear. And I would say it with a Miami sucks t-shirt on. Um, But that being said, not this year. Um, I actually really kind of was endeared by McDaniel and um, endeared by Tua um, and the talent. And the, the concussion stuff is no joke and it's really scary and it's really sad. And it's a bummer that that's how they're going to go out. But that's my prediction is that Miami is going to, not be able to handle the Patriots with Teddy Bridgewater. I just don't see it. Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's a great backup, but the Patriots, they're going to be hungry. They gave the Bengals all they could handle last week. For all intents and purposes, they should have beat the Bengals last week. That that game, watching that game, away. that game made me really upset because if, if they had put them away, then um, it would have been a lot easier for Buffalo to get that one seat, but it is what it is. Um, that's my prediction, my bold roast prediction number one. I, I think it's bold. I'm not sure. Are the Patriots uh, favored or is Miami still favored? Let me take a look here. I believe... I'm not sure if the line swung after the two of news. You know what? Yeah, the Patriots are favored now. They are two and a half point favorites. So it's a little less bold. I'll say that's my medium roast as well, given that yeah. they're they're given that they're technically it's, dogs. It was kind of hard to pick a bold prediction this week with so many just like useless games going middling, on. Yeah, middling teams versus middling teams, man. It's the mediocre week of, of the NFL. That's that's part of the reason why uh, Bills Chiefs or Bills Bengals was the easiest uh, weekly special of all time. The Bills Bengals is the only game that is close to a 50-50 betting line. Everything else is like 80%, 70%. Yeah, that doesn't surprise 80%. me. And, and let me guess, are the Bengals getting more money than the Bills? Um, no, the, because the bills are one point under, yeah, it's, they, they set the line. They're one point spread. It's pretty much 50, 50, but the bills are 60% favorites. NFL network had eight out of 10 analysts pick, um, Cincinnati. So yeah, that's not the public though. That's look for those, look for those (laughs) tweets, look for those tweets of uh, people dunking on them when Buffalo wins. Um, I love those. Um, I hate to tell you that your second one is equally not as bold. Why are you doing me? Why why are you doing this to me, man? I I came in here, you know, my cup was full of bowl. I had espresso in my cup, and now it's like, look up the lines before you get on here. What are you doing? Well, I feel like they swing a lot, and I feel like I'm also going by narratives as well. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I think I think the narrative is you have a Miami team that was 
like poised for the playoffs all along that were people were saying was the best team in the NFL. And I think this is the final uh, nail in their coffin. And then the Green Bay same. We, we were looking all year at uh, a Minnesota team who I think Minnesota gets disrespected. I'll be honest with you. I bet on them when they were underdogs against the Lions, when they were like, what, like freaking 10 and two three games that they've lost. Yeah. And they were you and decided they were, to bet on it. They were dogs. Yeah. I was so mad at that. But now I'm like, okay, you know what? What for one last game before the playoffs, I think my, I think Minnesota is going to do what they do. And I think they're going to have a, uh, uh, an off week. And I think green Bay is going to take care of business because I think Rogers has a lot to prove. Rogers has a lot on the line. And I think, so that's, that can be a two pack of medium roast and uh, we'll, we'll be better in 2023. Uh, the I Packers promise. have a lot to play for, whereas the Vikings don't, which is always a good storyline. Uh, yeah. I will say the Packers are three point favorites right now. Yeah. Um, and which anytime is, you see us in Lambo, anytime you see a seven and eight team favored over a 10 and, or an 11 and three team, that's just, I get it because of what's going on because of how the season's been playing out and how Green Bay's been rolling and da 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 But I still think that that is – it qualifies at least for a medium roast. Yeah, I, I get it. And I think uh, it is like an upset statistically. But I think a lot of people just think the Packers are going to take this one because last week Rodgers looked better. Yeah. I, he looked like someone that wanted to play football again. He yeah. shaved up that disgusting beard. Yeah. He trimmed up the hair a little bit. And he went I out on that his long field. hair. For the record, I do not. I do I not like this long hair. I I think he. I watched that whole game because my girlfriend's family's all Packers fans. They're nice. all from Wisconsin, so it was fun. It was, yeah. And he he looked like someone that wanted to play the game again, which came out of nowhere because he's been looking just down in the dumps yeah. all season, and he looked good. I, I, he looked like he had like a little more. I was talking to my girlfriend's dad. It was it was so silly. There was a play where he he pitched the ball to Aaron Jones for like a five yard run. And that was the play. I was like, that man, that man wants to play football again yeah. because all season I've been watching him just pitch this quarter mile an hour ball yeah. all slowly. And this one, he jetted that thing to Aaron Jones. Love that thing that. was there. He looked like, I was like, Oh, he wants to play football again, which scares me a little bit going up against the Vikings. But I, I still think it's a little too much of like, Yes, sure, they won against the Dolphins with three second half interceptions. That's you're gonna probably win that game if you don't yeah. use real questions. Yeah. I don't I don't know if the Vikings the Vikings certainly can make that many mistakes, but I don't know if they will enough that the Packers can overcome that mm-hmm. so much. Um and yeah, it'll be I think it'll be close. All those division games are, but yeah. The Vikings are eleven and one eleven and zero in one score games, and I think we can make it twelve and zero. I'm very excited to track that, and I'm definitely going to be texting you, blowing up your phone during that game because that game is going to be fun to watch. Um, Absolutely. For the final segment of the day, we have mm-hmm. the prop shop. We have five props each from using sleepers betting lines. Um, last week, I was four out of five. That's the Kevin special. If you're new mm-hmm. to the podcast, I'm always four or five. I'm always one line away from um, hitting my 20x um, bundle all in extravaganza. I'm always one line away. Um, and 
uh, Zach was three for five, which it was is solid. Seems you know? to be the Zach special. Of, of if I, <laughs> three for five. <laughs> if I if I can hit three for five on all of them, man, that's that's good. I've I've gone over five before, so never on this show, but you know, in my in my parlays, in my degenerate life that I have of just throwing on six to eight parlays a week. Um, yeah, Gino and Gino and Andrew just killed me last week. Gino hitting his under was was a tough one, but yeah, not fun. Yeah, why don't you start us off with these? Yeah, and uh, I'm going to run through this a little quickly because I actually have another segment for you at the end of the Ooh. show to throw in. But Let's go. Um, yeah, so I'll run through. Uh, mine goes with a little bit of my bold roast. I think Travis Etienne hits his over of 71 and a half yards. Uh, he's been hitting that pretty frequently. Houston's run defense is still nothing special. Mm-hmm. And I think Jacksonville probably just grinds out the run all game. Love it. Uh, so I think he can hit that one. Mm-hmm. And sticking on the ground, I'm also going to take Pacheco's over because that line is set at 59 and a half which he has hit in the last seven of eight weeks except for last week so i feel like that is easy against a denver team that just fired their head coach and will probably be reeling a little bit yeah also cam acres went crazy against them so i I also like that line yeah it's a love the cam acres game um and then three i'm gonna go ahead and hit a one a little out of left field here and i'm taking curtis samuel hitting his over on 32 and a half receiving yards he's done it in three straight weeks so it's not crazy but also we have carson wentz back at the quarterback position and i expect him to dump the ball off heavily in the slot which is unfortunate for terry mclaurin who i love so much uh but i think that's a little bit a little bit too low for someone that was like a very big favorite of Wentz at the beginning of the season. I think that's good process. And then four or five of mine are overs, which makes me feel real itchy because I don't, I don't like that. That's not classic Zach. This is not, not Zach classic. special. I, I do enjoy some unders, but uh, I'm going to take fields over on his rushing yards as well. Keeping it heavily on the ground. Uh, his line is at 75 and a half, which is a good line. Yeah. Uh, last week he had 11 of them. So not great, but the Lions play a whole lot of man defense and they mm-hmm. bring a whole lot of blitzes. And when you're listed as a quarterback with a bunch of defensive backs with your back turned, you can run the ball. And I expect him to run the ball a lot. So I, think I like Fields is going to be like a caged animal that got out after last week against Buffalo being just completely bottled up. They, they had him just in the backfield, dead to rights. He never really broke the pocket. He never really – I don't – I think he had a, a season low in rushing yards. He did, against yes. Against yeah, Buffalo. I think he's going to have a lot of pent-up, like, I'm ready to just run all over this team. I could definitely see Fields unleashing this week. I'm very excited to watch Justin Fields play football this week. I hope he hits it, to be honest with you. I could see it. And then my last one, I will throw in my under because I have a strict one under at least rule. Yeah. And that is Deshaun Watson hit his under of 215.5 passing yards. Washington has a good defense. Uh, They've got a decent pass rush. And I just don't think the Browns roll it. And he's been hitting that under. So uh, I think that's a a decent line. And I think he can stay under that. Even though he'll probably get close. It'll be nerve-wracking for me. I'm sure he'll push 200. But I I think I'm pretty comfortable. Big fan of that under. I think that's definitely a, a slam dunk. I think all five are great. I would... Definitely not be afraid. I think all five are great. This until we record next podcast. Oh, of course. Five again. It's probably going to be three for five. Yeah. I, I just hope Fields is one of the overs because I just love watching that dude play. Same. Um, For me, 
I'm starting off with the easiest layup of the week because for some reason, uh, Josh Allen has been violently disrespected by uh, Sleeper on their lines this week. So I'm taking the Josh Allen over on everything. Um, whatever prop you can get your hands on with Josh Allen, the, the, the line that I've been on was 240. Are you kidding? 240? I believe, I believe he's up to 251 now. Okay, that's good. That's at least a little bit of a course correction, but I still I still think that's an easy over. I would say anything below 270 in a game that has the one seat on the line against an AFC opponent with this these kind of stakes. I mean, I've Remind seen... He had 172 last week. But he had a lot on the ground, and Devin Singletary and Baby Cook were cooking. There was absolutely no reason for Josh to throw the ball last week. Um, just, you know, just to throw that out there for context, but one and a half touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Jeez. Yeah. Come on. Give me all those. That's easy. Um, that's free money. Uh, bet the house. Um, I'm going to take your boy, Jay Jetta, Justin Jefferson over 95.5 yards. Um, this is a little bit of a gut check. This is a little bit of a, I'm going off instinct here because Green Bay does have an elite pass defense and Jair Alexander is fantastic. I'm not sure if you saw the clip of him saying that Justin Jefferson's weak. Of course I did. Yeah, absolutely. Game, his game against uh, the Packers, I believe it was week two. He called it a fluke. He's either going to look real great or real stupid. Oh, I think he's going to look stupid. I, I think Jay Jett is really close to a, a record, a receiving record. So uh, I think they're going to break funnel. the receiving record. Yeah. I mean, they're going to funnel him targets, which I'm excited about. I love watching that dude play football. Um, I'm going to take the over 0.5 touchdowns for Saquon Barkley um, because the Colts are the Colts. Um, if you looked up, like, why why is Kevin doing this in the dictionary? Like, there would just be a picture of Jeff Saturday. And you would or understand. Or Nick one of them. Oh, yeah, well, oh, my goodness. Yeah, if they have the kind of success they had last week turning the ball, if, if – uh, the Colts turned the ball over last week like they did, or they turned the ball over this week like they did last week. It's going to be free. That's free money as well. Um, next one, another over, 64.5 receiving yards for Garrett Wilson. Um, Mike White's back. I've always been a big Mike White fan. Um, I love the rapport that he has with the receivers on the Jets. He seems to be a weekly shoe-in for 250-plus and, and a couple touchdowns, and Garrett Wilson is his favorite target, and uh, – Garrett Wilson has the same fields effect, which like he's been pent up. He's been a slingshot being pulled back by the horribleness of Zach Wilson. And I think this week he's going to um, be set free. He's going to go yeah, flying. He's got a good matchup too. Cause uh, another worky rookie Tariq Woolen at the, at the Seahawks has been very, very good this season. So I'm excited to watch That's true. that matchup. So That's true. I, I think he can still cook. I think he can hit that line, but I am excited to see them play. That's going to be two, a two very, rookies. very, matchup to watch there and last but not least my my uh i do this for you zach i do this for you i pick an under i don't do it in real life like when i'm actually doing my betting i usually just do overs but for you make more money you're so right for you on the pod i actually i really do do it i do try to sprinkle an under and it's just hard sometimes but for you on the pod i'm throwing an under for maybe the low-hanging fruit of cordero patterson um 44 and a half rushing yards I just don't see it. Um, he's been not himself this season, and I think it's safe to say that there should be a conversation about his viability as an effective starter in the NFL. I, I would love to see a gadget role for him moving forward because he's so electrifying and he's such a, an exciting and, and great player, but 
I just don't know if I see him ever producing the way he did last year and earlier in his career with the Vikings ever again. Yeah, I I mean, he didn't produce a lot for the Vikings, but he, he was fun to watch. So fun well, to kick watch. returns. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love this one. I think Tyler Algier has really stepped up the last couple of weeks. They're kind of have a changing in the guard. I think a 44 and a half is kind of bloated. I mean, the Cardinals aren't great, but that's a lot of yards. I don't yeah. think he hits that either. No. And viability, like, they may he may i think he still has juice but he has no reason to be out on the field right now at this time of the year they're just trying to see what they have i get yeah. just benching him and just saving him as a pass catcher next year so i i think that's a great line i, I really it. hope that's what happens i really hope he maintains a role whether it be in atlanta where it, maybe he goes to a contender i just i love him i mean he's such a great dude a great player like he's very entertaining i really hope he uh can find a home if it's not yeah. Well, let me hit you with our our last segment of a little surprise segment for oh, you. Let's but go. It is New Year's, so I want to hit you with your fantasy New Year's resolution. <gasps> I want I want you to give me. I love it. Your your New Year's resolution early because I mean, sure, yes, the season is very far away, but it's never too early to start thinking about fantasy football. You're right. So what what is your 2023 fantasy football resolution what have you learned from this year and i will go ahead and start off since i just thank you i love i just threw this at you that's a great that's a great idea for a segment is what what is something you learned from this season that you will not be making the same mistake next year and i will start off i i went in this year i was confident in my valuation of wide receivers which i still am confident but I went pretty heavy on the running backs in my redraft this year, and I regret it. And I think next year I will not be going just zero RB because I don't like that strategy. I like having, I like having one guy up there. Yeah. But I think my my New Year's resolution is not to undervalue superstar wide receivers because I think there are, yes, guys that can go out there and get points like a Garrett Wilson late in the draft or Amon Rossing Brown, who is a superstar in his own right. Mm-hmm. But I will not be undervaluing wide receivers next year, which is silly because I'm the wide receiver guy. I, I mean, reception, perception. I work with Matt Harmon. Like I, I should not, and I don't undervalue, but I took it opposite this year where I was like, I'm so confident that I can value those late round wide receivers that I don't feel the need to hit the early guy. And... I think that was the wrong move this year, and I will not be making that same mistake. I absolutely love it. I think that's a great resolution for you. I think it's very easy to be caught in the trap of, um, and I I mean this with all due respect, but in the trap of like your confidence being something that you're pinning your hopes on, mm-hmm. your confidence in your your valuation, your confidence in your your process that you can overcorrect. You can right. say, "I'm so sure that I'm going to nail this that I will nail it later," and it's almost like maybe you use that on the flip side and you say, these are the sure things. Let me, right. let me, I'm so make confident sure. in digs. I should take him in the end of the first round. And, yeah. and, and that, that was something that I benefited from a lot this year was um, sort of, I, I, it was gut check time for me this year in fantasy. I, uh, I had a big board. I had 50 names. Uh, you know, I have a chalkboard at my house that I use for fun. I do parlays on it. I, 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 I love writing stuff on a chalkboard. I don't know why. But um, I had 50 names, but I wrote no matter what next to Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because I just believed so much in the stack. And those were the two leagues I was in the semifinals, and that's the one league that I'm 
still alive in. So um, I really like the resolution of using your tools for using your confidence, using your skills for not just the back half where you can scrape value up, but also the front half where you can maximize security and share things. I love that. Right. Um, yeah. I think I'll throw a second small one in there is uh, yeah. make more trades for guys that I like watching play. Um, especially in dynasty, I'm, I, I get a little, I mean, I always have the like cold feet of like, yes, I think this is a good trade. Should I do it? Is it the right value? Should I throw in like a third round pick? Like who should I, who do I think is going to blow up? I, I'm just going to go out more and get the guys I, I like watching. I love it. And just throw them out. Like, I'm like, ah, who cares if it's necessarily fair? I just want that player. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of, again, you're, you're speaking my language. That was our first, uh, our first ever first sip was was roster management and that was the one advice we had for dynasty was trade 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 and then trade again and it's okay like it sucks to watch some go like i've seen some some fantastic ones that got away uh, i think garrett wilson is going to be the one this year that hurts me the most because yeah, i hurts was for me oh don't oh i'm gonna pretend i didn't hear that that's yeah i don't know if i can even look at you in the face um, but, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's another good one. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to make the trades and yeah, you, you love the guys go get them. I, I love that. Yeah. Don't, well, we've given you enough time now. What do you got for me? I would say so. I would say that, that my fantasy football new year's resolution, I have a couple as well, but I think the big one, and it goes very much in line with both of yours is, uh, keep, keep rocking with that gut, you know, keep trusting that gut. Um, because that was what that was what propelled me to my success this year was um, sometimes I had to throw ADP away, um, and that doesn't feel good. Um, believe no, me. But that makes us. That, that's why we're good at what we do. Yeah, exactly. You you have to you have to look at at the trends and you have to and that stuff is important because you have to use it to your advantage later in the draft and maybe if there's a third or fourth round situation like, you know, some of the some of the biggest uh regrets that i have and they're not even regrets that i can do anything about so i don't really regret it but like you know in in one league i lost javante and Brees, and that i still made it to the semis in that league but i can't fathom what would have happened if i had a full cupboard but that's everybody you know especially in today's nfl guys are going down left and right and it's important to love yourself and, and trust yourself through the process and i've had my leagues like, you know, this year, I was going to tell you this earlier in the pod, but you were saying, like, you just 0 for 4 on semifinals. Like, no, no trips to the semis. One one heavy favorite, and you were out in the first. And I've had those years. And it's so hard not to second-guess uh, your decision-making on those years. So I'm, I'm with you in that journey. I'm, I'm supporting you through your process of having to pick up the pieces and say, like, quote-unquote, where did I go wrong? But I'm also here to tell you from a, from a position of, you know, I was – heavy favorites top three and three leagues and i'm only standing still standing in one which is all it takes to have a great year to be able to buy the merchandise to be able to hang the banner um but i'm here to tell you that you did nothing wrong and your process and your gut were everything that have got you to where you are now and that's what will get you where you have to go in the future um, and crazy enough i'm 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 still sure of that like it, as i'm it. out and yeah. all of them like there were just some bad beats and bad injuries. And like, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. There's the only exit I feel bad about was like, Oh, if I started this tight end, I wouldn't have lost by 0.1 point. 
and that's yeah. it. That's the only like regret I have. All the others, I'm like, listen, yeah, this is the right way to do it. Yep, I remember texting you because in the 14 man uh, double flex redraft, I I would have won if I had started De- Deontay Foreman over Diggs or Ramondre or you know Dobbins. Like you weren't going to. I wasn't you know. going to. It is what it is. Yeah, those are the those are the pills you have to swallow. That's the you sign your name on that dotted line when you start playing fantasy football every year. And when you make it your life and your identity, like we have, it's uh, it's even worse. But it is what it is. Um, so that's my like spiritual like emotional like uh for for my for my sentimental gang that's my advice for you if we're talking technical if we're talking literal i've we've touched on this on this podcast before and i'm not afraid to own it and i'll own it going into next year too i don't care what analytics say i'm not afraid of early draft quarterbacks anymore i'm no longer afraid of early draft quarterbacks anymore um early draft tight ends will always scare me unless it's travis kelsey but i'm ready to rip that band-aid off of early draft quarterbacks all right I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I'm I'm hoping you know what we and it's going to be a shame to everybody listening to this, but we're not in a league together. Yeah, we got to figure that out, and we have to fix that. And yeah. I'm I'm starting to get the I want to do a dynasty startup draft, which is horrible. Stop! You got to stop yourself because so you get in like nine of them. Yeah, and like I still I still want to do it. Yeah, but I'm like we got to get ourselves in a league so that oh, I, I couldn't can, agree more. We can play out these strategies in in real time. Yeah, we're gonna have because to... I know as soon as I pick Josh Allen in the second round, that's gonna be the year. That's so <laughs> hilarious that you think that he would make it to the second round in a league that I'm in. That's so funny. <laughs> you you better hope your name comes out please, of the hat before. Please my... draft Josh Allen in the first round if we join a league together. I will be Are, thrilled. The I'll fact that you're that. the fact that you're being serious right now is so funny because that's why I'm in my finals right now. That's why I'm. That's why I'm there. He got me there. I got there on his back. I did the Allen Big stack, and I did it in 2021. And I didn't make it to my finals that year because uh, it was a, a little bit of a, a down year. I'm saying this with air quotes for the for the listeners. It was a down year for Steph in 21. So I still was, you know, I was still the three seed. I, I got knocked out in the first round. But I'm telling you, man, you you can't be afraid. You I, that's something. I fundamentally, I it'll happen yeah, I like for you. It. You can't be you can't be afraid to take early round quarterbacks. That's my new. I think Hertz should be a top thirty six pick next year. Yeah, it'll be hard to argue. Um, yeah. after this year, so oh, it's going to be we'll so see. fun. I like the resolution though, and oh, I love it. Both of them, all four of those resolutions were fire. That was a great, great. The best part thing. is we get an entire year to find out whether they work or not. So yeah, we'll we'll revisit great. this three hundred and sixty five days from now. We will revisit this. I'm excited. Well, that calls it for this one. Happy New Year, Kev. Happy New I'm Year, happy Zach. happy to be on here with you. Oh, I'll dude, see you I'm in 2023. Thrilled. So honored. Cannot wait for our first 2023 episode. Should be a blast. Hell and, yeah. Uh, we'll sign off on that and see you next year, Kev. Hey, cheers, baby.